turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. And if you'd like to join us, you can grab a line right now. There's five of them. Gil is our engineer. He's the pilot of the plane. And he'll take your call. And he'll put you in queue. And then he'll say in my earphones you've got a caller and uh that's kind of how it works now he also says lots of things in my headphones but i can't repeat them for fear that both of us would be <clears throat> excommunicated from the radio world so he is a really nice guy and Thank you, Mark. actually he's he's he actually doesn't use language that my wife uses um it's close but but not always there talking about good shops <laughs> This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Larry Harker's Auto Repair. They've been a trusted name in the auto repair industry. Phoenix, too, all over Phoenix since 1967. They have fast, affordable service, auto electrical work, brake services, emissions, vehicle maintenance, oil change, tire rotations, alignments, failed emissions, everything you can imagine, they can do it. They repair both foreign and domestic vehicles. And Bob, who's the co-owner with his wife, Ellen, is a master tech, and he's probably one of the best diagnosticians I've ever met in my life. So, 38th Avenue in Indian School, if you've got one of those cars that nobody else can fix, then take it over to Bob, wave that red cape in front of the bull, and tell him that you've been told nobody can find and fix this problem, and uh, he'll let you know otherwise. So, that's Larry Harker's Auto, 38th Avenue and Indian School, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Okay, I've got a gentleman in North Scottsdale who's 81 years old. He has a 65 Corvair Corsa, and it's a red convertible. It's been sitting 10 years. The top is not in great shape, and it's probably not something you'd want to keep. The car was taken to a vocational school to be painted 10 years ago. It took him about a year to paint the car, and then it was returned to him. So the car's not been reassembled from a paint job, which means window moldings and, and, and door panels and stuff like that probably are there, but haven't been installed. It has a V6 motor, and it has four carburetors, and it's a manual manual uh, car, manual transmission car. So he wants to sell it. He lives in North Scottsdale, very close to Cactus and Pima. And if this uh, red convertible 65 Corvair Corsa is something you're interested in, then you need to go through me. I'm not making any money on this. I'm just helping to interface for the gentleman who owns it. So you can email me at mark at marksalem.com. Mark with a K, Mark 
at MarkSalem.com and I'll put you in touch with the appropriate people and uh, I'm sure you're going to want to look at the car and he's prepared for that. So he uh, is getting ready to to go into a next stage of his life and uh, so I think getting rid of uh, the house and some of the stuff in the house, not his wife of course, but everything else, I think that's part of the issue. We have a caller and Gil, who would that be? Uh, say hello to Karen. Karen, good morning to you. How can I help you? Good morning. Um, I have a 2009 Toyota RAV4, and um, it's shuddering, but it seems like the shuddering is, um, I don't know, I'm... Ask me some questions because oh, sure. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> no, no, no. This is what we do. See, guys don't do this, but my, me and ladies do this. Okay, the shuddering. If you're sitting in a traffic light and your foot's on the floor, does the shuddering, is it present then? Um, sometimes. Okay. When you're approaching the intersection and you're applying the brakes, does the shuddering appear then? I think so sometimes. Okay. If the shuddering, if the if the steering wheel kind of moves left and right and you can feel the shuddering and you only have your foot on the brake pedal, then more than likely you just have a warped rotor, a brake rotor, or a, a, a drum that's out of round, and that's kind of an easy repair. Typically, I don't just... think I've felt, I don't think I felt it in the steering wheel. Okay. All right. Just the shuddering. Just pay attention to, does it only happen when I'm slowing down from like 45 miles to, to a traffic light? Not from 10 I'm, miles an hour, but we need to get you up there in speed where you're going to feel it. So if it's brake related and it and it's worse the faster you stop from. So you're getting off the freeway at 65 miles an hour. You apply your brakes. You're getting on the exit ramp. You're approaching the light and the car starts shuddering. Now, if it's an engine issue, and what I just talked about was a brake issue, if it's an engine issue, then the question is, is the motor has two different levels. It has idle and everything else. So the question is, is when you feel the shutter, is it only when it's idling and not any other time when you've got your throttle going, you got your foot on the gas, or does it shutter both at idle and when your foot's on the gas? And then that shutter should really kind of go away when you come to a stop. So those are the kinds of things. Let me ask you a question. What part of town do you live in? I actually live in Santan Valley. Okay. You know, you, do, you, do you come up into the metropolitan area very often? And if so, what part of town do you usually visit? No, I haven't been to Phoenix in a long time. Okay. All right. I just don't know anybody to... to to refer you to what I was hoping to do was is send you to a shop and and tell you that I'm quite sure the shop would test drive the car with you if you can show them the problem then that would be a great idea it would save you lots of diagnostic money so so there's if, just a lot of possibilities yes there's a lot of possibilities um, but if you can determine whether <clears throat> it's a problem at cruise or idle that helps and if you determine that it's only a problem from a high-speed stop, that'll help. Now, okay. if it's there all the time, all the time, and you feel this shuddering, and it's not there when you stop, it could be a bad tire. 
It could be a tire that has a separation. That kind of a thing won't be there at idle when you're sitting at the traffic light. And as you accelerate, you'll feel this, and it'll be faster, 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 faster. And the, the whole car will shake, or the steering wheel will shake when you get up about well, 50 miles not, an hour. No, it's not like that. It's um, it's almost as if there's something big underneath that's loose. That's how I. That's okay. how it feels. Okay. <laughs> oh no, no, that's that's good. It feels like something underneath the car is loose. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is it an automatic or a standard? Automatic. Okay. So this is what I want you to do, and I'm not going to tell you to do anything that's going to hurt you or your car. So go okay. out there to Stanton Valley Sunday morning, find a straight stretch of road, do about 45 miles an hour. You should feel what's going on, and I just want you to put the shifter in neutral. Okay. And coast along at 45 miles an hour, and then put it back in drive. You okay. don't have to do anything other than what I said. Take your foot off the gas, throw it in neutral, coast along for just a few minutes, then just put it in drive and continue to go. Nothing will hurt on your car. Okay. So if you say to the shop, let me show you how to make it, you're going to save yourself a, a whole bunch of money on the diagnostic okay. part. And so that's that's what I would do. You, you have to be careful out in a, a new area like that because historically all over the city all over in the maricopa area when you have like when maricopa popped up out there southwest of of the phoenix metropolitan area there was a time where they had some repair shops that don't even aren't even there today and they lasted a year and during that period of time according to others they wreaked havoc on people but out there in maricopa today there's repair shops that have weathered the storm and have 5, 10, 12 years of experience, that's really kind of what you want. You don't want anybody new. You don't want any, you, yeah, you don't want anybody that has been in business a year or two um, diagnosing this. You, you're probably going to need a little more. And, and there's, no, there's not going to be any different in price. Oftentimes, the guy that's been open one or two years, his labor rate's bigger than mine because he has a bigger debt service than I do. And so... Mm-hmm. It just depends. But anyway, I, I wish I could direct you to somebody out there, but I haven't found a good shop out there in the way southeast valley. But if I do, I'll post it on our website, okay? Thank you. Can I ask you one one more thing? What is the car supposed to do or not do when I get it up to 40 and then put it in neutral? I want to know if the problem goes away. Oh, okay. See, right. everything is focused on, everything is focused, Karen, is on, what makes it happen and what doesn't make it happen. And and then mm-hmm. the third part of that is is get in the car and I'll go show you. Um, let right. me give you an okay. example. The diagnostic on this, by the time the technician drives it fast, drives it slow, air on, air off, left turn, right turn, braking, accelerating... You can, And then he gets it up on the hoist and then he's looking for the problem and then he goes drives it again. Those are the kinds of things you want to avoid because that costs money. So if yeah. you come in and you say, now, not Monday morning or Friday night for obvious reasons, but you come in on Wednesday at 10 and you say, hi, my name's Karen. That's my RAV4 out there. And I've got a problem that I, it's taken me two weeks to figure out how to make it happen. 
I would like yeah. very much if you or one of your senior technicians would take a ride so that I can demonstrate the problem. Okay. And that that's what's in your best interest, okay? Great. Thank you so much. Oh, you're more than welcome. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. When it comes to... When it comes to the car repair side of it, it's just, it's really important that test drive with the technician. Not too long ago, a guy came in and he had a pickup truck. And he said, I listened to Mark on the radio and he said that you'd take a ride with me. And they said, yeah, we will. Can you make it happen? Because you can't take our technician on a one-hour drive hoping the problem's going to reappear. We need you to make sure that you can make it happen. And he goes, yeah, I can make it happen. So he takes off. We put Eddie, one of our senior techs, with him, and he takes off driving. And they're back in like five minutes. <laughs> and he gets out of the car, and Eddie gets out and walks over to his toolbox and stuff. And one of the staffers said, you know, well, did, did, did he know what it is? I mean, did he feel it? Yeah, he did. Does he know what it is? He says he does. So they pulled this truck in, and Eddie opens up the hood, and he's got a timing light in his hand. And so he, and he hasn't, he isn't under the hood for more than 15 minutes. Shuts it, says, go take it for a drive. The guy leaves. Now, we've never met this guy before. We have a work order on him. We know his license plate number and his name and his phone number, all that kind of stuff. But you know what? Go take it for a ride. If you're going to rip us off for $75, then that's fine. It costs us $75 to know that you're an idiot. But anyway, he takes off driving. He comes back and he goes, perfect. Well, the, the senior technician recognized that the timing was really retarded. The truck had no power at all. And when Eddie got to drive, he couldn't make it ping by really running it hard. So he brought it in. He advanced the timing. The guy goes out. He says it's run, it runs like a V8 now instead of a four-cylinder. Those are the happy things. Those are the things that you, if you can make it happen and the, te- and the shop has a senior tech, a gray-haired guy, not necessarily a gray-haired guy, but a guy that's been in the business for 20 years, then success is, is much better. 602-508-0960 is the number. If you have a car question, you're welcome to join us. 602-508-0960. Phoenix Body Works is a family-owned and operated collision repair facility that opened in 1982. That's over 35 years ago, helping family and friends with their collision repair needs with unparalleled honesty, integrity, and quality. We have grown into the finest collision repair facility in the Valley of the Sun. We are located on 19th Avenue, one half block north of Deer Valley Road. We're open Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. and on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 12 noon for estimates. Give us a call at 623-582-1434 or visit our website at www.phxbodyworks.com, view our YouTube video, or read our Yelp reviews. Remember, it's your vehicle, and you decide who repairs your vehicle, not the insurance company. We work with all insurance companies on your behalf and eliminate the stress of dealing with the repairs. We are not beholden to the insurance company. At Phoenix Body Works, we work for you.
Looking for ways to save with your Medicare plan? Walgreens is a preferred network pharmacy with many plans nationwide, which could mean lower co-pays for you. So bring your prescriptions to a Walgreens pharmacy today to start saving. Walgreens, trusted since 1901. Walgreens participates as a preferred network pharmacy with United Healthcare, Cigna HealthSpring, and Express Scripts Medicare. For a complete list of available plans, please contact 1-800-MEDICARE. TTY users should call 1-877-486-2048. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, or consult www.medicare.gov. Other pharmacies are available on our network. This is attorney William J. Wolf, host of Middle East Radio Forum, heard every Sunday at noon here on 960 The Patriot. This Sunday on Middle East Radio Forum, our guest will be political commentator Jamie Glazov to provide a full explanation of what jihad is and what it portends for the future of the Middle East and the Western world. That's Middle East Radio Forum, Sunday at noon on 960 The Patriot. Take an ordinary putty knife and scrape off the old wax ring. Place the new wax ring over the flange, then line up the bolts with the bowl and gently set in place, making sure a proper seal is created with the flange and drain. Next. Um, Dad? Uh, yeah, sweetie. Is that an old plumbing manual? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, honey. We really need to get some new books. Right. Um, do you, do you want me to stop? Nah, I kind of want to know how it ends. Okay. Tighten the bolts, line up the flushing valve to the opening in the top of the bowl, and secure the tank with a screwdriver and crescent wrench. <laughs> the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, and, of course, companionship. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with this person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive, and now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance will come in with this group. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit the shelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Well, welcome back, everybody. It's uh, 21 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, and we're going to do a little business, and then we're going to take two callers. Strictly Diesel Service and Repair is a Better Business Bureau A-plus rated shop, and he's got some of the best diesel technicians in the business. They're dedicated to providing the best service possible, get the job done right, and the first time. So at Strictly Diesel Service and Repair, they are die-hard service, repair, and parts facility. They work on both foreign and domestic light diesel trucks. They're south of I-17 and Pinnacle Peak Road in North Phoenix, and they're open Monday through Friday, but they also sell diesel kind of parts 24 hours a day on their website. So you can get more information on my from my Best Car Repair Shops listing under the Diesel Shop listing. That's Strictly Diesel Service and Repair. If you've got a diesel and you've got a problem and nobody's been able to fix it, he will be a good guy to stop by or call. Let's go to the phones. Bob, you're up next. How can I help you? Hi, good morning, sir. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you very much. Hey, I'm looking to buy a used Lexus 2008 ES350 with 119,000 miles on it. Immaculate car, good Carfax, except for one thing on the Carfax that I thought I'd call the dealer. 
because I do a lot of research before I purchase any automobiles. Okay. And this appears to be a good machine. You, you agree? So far. But the Carfax bothers me. It, Tell me what that's about. Had a, it had a little, was into a, one of the Lexus dealers here in town, had a little oil leak from the timing cover gasket. And I went under and I looked at it. It wasn't real serious, but it is dripping in that area. I've always driven rear-wheel drive cars to front-wheel drive. I guess they mount these V6s sideways, I'm guessing, okay? Yeah, most of front-wheel drive cars are... Well, anyway, I asked the dealer, well, good, what's the cost to put a gasket on this timing cover? They they quoted me $4,000. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm confused about this. Carfax doesn't show what we said you needed carfax shows they they get the work orders from the dealers and actually they're talking about getting the work orders from the independents yes yes that's correct it didn't show but i called the dealer and they said this was a recommended repair okay Okay, all that's fine that's fine that's fine so you've seen the car and you crawled underneath it was there a drip of oil on the ground there is a drip of oil coming okay, off Okay, was that it the area. size of a dime, or was it just a drop? Small, just a drop. Okay. Is the back bumper covered with splashes of oil? Is the trunk uh, lid covered with oil? Is Does this oil leak go all the way underneath the car to the back? It seems to be isolated to the front. Okay. Well, that means it's not that really big of a leak. Now, you need to understand, or please understand, I should do it that way. Please understand that we have... Weeping, we have seeping, <laughs> we have leaking, and we got wet. So okay. our industry uses those words to to uh, make the issue fuzzy. So, you know, if it's wet, if that area is wet, forget about it. If that area is weeping at 119,000 miles, forget about it. If it's leaking, then you might have to do it. But $4,000, you didn't finish the conversation with them. The $4,000 is going to be the whole front of the motor. Why would we go in there and just put a gasket in? Why would we put the crankshaft seal? Why wouldn't we reseal the water pump? Why wouldn't we look at the timing chain? We're looking at a lot of that stuff. And that $4,000 may very well be the worst-case scenario. So well, it would just be, Yeah, it's the worst-case scenario, I'm sure. But that's what they said it was for the repair because they... They told me on the phone, it was a lady in the service car, they had to remove the engine. Okay. Well, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. I don't know the answer to that. There's times that we do the repair without removing the engine when, in fact, the labor book or the labor software says that the engine is the easiest way to remove it. I mean, I I remember just the other day somebody brought a car in and they needed a light bulb changed, and the light bulb necessitated that we removed the inner fender liner, the plastic fender liner um, in the left, Correct. the driver's side front. And we said, there's a panel right here, and it's held on with two screws. Why don't we take the panel off, reach your arm in there, and we're done. So there's all kinds of those kinds of things. And if we, if you brought it into us and you needed the headlight and and the headlight, you know, labor was on it was, you know, $150. And I said to you, why don't you just let me cut a square hole and let's do it, and then I'll put a patch over the square hole and I'll put four self-tapping screws in there and you're back to normal. You may choose to do that. Right. 
So I don't yeah, know. Have my, you bought my, the car yet? No, no. I'm still in process based on this repair. And I says, I'm not buying this car. It's going to cost me 4000 I'm a stickler on cars not leaking. I'm driving a 93 BMW 5 Series with 237,000 miles on it, which was great. I just need a little more space. It's kind of tight inside, but it does not leak a drop of fluid. Okay. Well, your expectations are out of the industry standards because your car <laughs> your car has been around the world almost 10 times, and you're telling me it doesn't leak oil. That's something I've never seen before. And then you're telling me this car's got 119,000 miles and you're worried about a future oil leak. Yeah, you need to be worried about a future oil leak because the odds are against you. So you got power exactly. steering, you got transmission, you got coolant, you got um, transaxle fluids. Uh, you, you've got all kinds of fluids. Well, my, that... my, my, my dilemma is like it, it appears to be these 3.5 liter Toyota engines, which is on, I think, the Camry and the Lexus, maybe something else. But uh, it's the engine. I'm not concerned about power steering leaks and things like that. Those are easily fixable at a dealer for a, a reasonable price. Yeah, you, you keep thinking that to yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Let's think about that. Oh, so you don't think that the rack leaking power steering fluid isn't going to be a couple of grand? And how about if we have to replace the pump as well? So we got the pump, we got the high pressure line, we got the low pressure line, and we got the rack. And you don't think that that's going to be minor compared to the front end? Look, you 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 can't buy the. My advice to you is is don't buy the car by what you read on YouTube University. Okay, you can have twenty people saying they hate this motor. So what? There was a lot of people that hated the small block Chevy, and today the small block Chevy and the small block Ford V8s were two of the finest motors we saw in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Then you went to fuel injection in 1996, and everybody hated fuel injections, but we now know that the first versions of fuel injection, the simplistic ones, is the best ones we had, but we have newer ones that are more efficient. So we got transmissions that we didn't think were good that turned out to be good, and we have transmissions that everybody raved about that are the biggest piles of cow manure that you've ever seen so we have all of that nevertheless 602-508-0960 david you're you're next i promise we're going to take a quick break here in about 15 seconds and then i'm going to take you so david's open but 602-508-0960 is four lines more open 602-508-0960 my name is mark salem my wife just walked in the room she's here to keep me under control and we'll find out how successful she is did you know Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Raintree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserite paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. There's no question you need Omega-3s. 
But which form should you take? Fish oil or krill oil? Scientists have debated this for years. Luckily, there's a new solution to satisfy everyone. It's called Krill Omega 50+. It combines ultra-pure fish oil and joint soothing krill oil together in just one tiny pill. It's so powerful, it can promote the health of your heart and your arteries. And if that wasn't enough, it can also boost your joint comfort in just days. We're so sure Krill Omega 50 Plus will work for you. We'll even send you a free bottle to put to the test. The debate is over. It's not fish oil or krill oil. It's both. And now it's free. Just pay $4.95 for shipping and claim your free bottle. Call now. 1-800-679-5745. 1-800-679-5745. That's 1-800-679-5745. You're never too old, too wacky, too wild to pick up a book and read with a child. This is Andrew Morrill, president of the Arizona Education Association. Reading to your child now can spark a lifetime of reading and learning. Parents, we know you're tired at the end of a long day, but by taking just a few minutes to read with your child, you'll be setting them on a path towards reading and learning on their own. And studies show students who read and are read too do better in school and in life. So have books that interest your child around your home. If your child enjoys sports, have books about sports. If your child enjoys ballet, have books about dancing. With parents and teachers working together, every child in Arizona can learn to read. And reading may be the most important thing they'll ever learn. A message from the Arizona Education Association. to deliver a very important message about this radio station, 960 The Patriot. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt. And this is Dennis Prager. You've heard me talk about the American Trinity, E Pluribus Unum, and God We Trust in Liberty, the three things that set the United States apart. It's a powerful idea, Dennis, and this radio station is a place where powerful ideas and principles thrive every day. We never forget that faith and freedom are part of what make our country exceptional. There are some people in high places who apologize for America. That's something this radio station will never do. When you listen to 960 The Patriot, we promise not to insult your intelligence and to speak the truth. And we'll prefer clarity over agreement. Right. This is what our radio station is all about. And as long as you're there to listen to us, we'll be here for you. Please tell your friends about it. Absolutely tell our sponsors that you appreciate their support for this radio station. Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot. All about that demon automobile. Hey, welcome back, everybody. 34 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. My name's Mark Salem. Sitting next to me is my wife, Renee. We have been co-partners in the auto repair business for 39 years. Um, she started when she was 10. I was a little bit older than that. <laughs> anyway, we're going to do what we promised, and then we're going to do our Brought to You by David. You're up next. How can I help you? Good morning, Mark. Um, I had contacted you uh, fairly recently about a problem that I have with a uh, 2016 Taurus SHO and uh, this black sooty stuff that pours out of the tailpipes. And um, I, I guess I didn't really describe it well. Uh, you had a couple questions, so I thought I would speak to you directly. Okay. And We're going to kind of speed it up this way. You complained that you had this black sooty, and you called it oil, but more than likely it's moisture, that comes out of the tailpipe of your, your Ford. 
and you went on the internet and there was talk about some catch cans to catch this stuff that came out of the tailpipe. Is that the 10,000-foot view right there? Uh, basically, the, the catch cans go up, uh, up in the engine compartment to filter the, uh, I guess it's the gases from inside the, the valve covers and stuff before it goes back into the engine and okay. uh, burned again. Okay, well, none of that makes sense. I told you that on, on, on the Internet. Nothing that you're talking about makes sense. Nothing. Hmm. I don't care about what comes out of the tailpipe. What you describe is moisture, this black sooty substance. You've, if you make short trips on it, that's going to create more moisture. The catch can idea is the most craziest, dumbest idea I've ever heard in my life. That's so, what I wanted to find out. Okay, and I don't even know why they say catch cans because it just doesn't, nothing you say makes sense. Listen to me. Your car has a PCV valve on it, positive crankcase ventilator. It's a vacuum cleaner. So why do we uh-huh. need a catch can when the motor's dead? And what are we trying to catch? Are we trying to catch the fumes from inside the engine after we shut the car off? That's crazy. I mean, there's, there's no science to that at all. This is another YouTube university thing that causes people sure. to, to, to come unglued about stuff that has nothing to do with it. it it's, I could test, any gray-haired guy could test your PCV valve system f- in far less time than it took me to say the sentence. So, and if, you, if you're worried about it, replace the PCV valve. Go down to the auto parts store, tell them you need a PCV valve for your show. Once you have it in your hand, you'll find it in the car. So go replace the PCV valve. But anything that comes out of the tailpipe that's black and sooty and, and watery, that's because the, the engine didn't, over, didn't get to operating temperature. So once it gets mm-hmm. to operating temperature, the exhaust system is well over 212 degrees. The water turns to a vapor. It blows out the tailpipe. You don't see it. But my mother used to drip lots of black soot out of her tailpipe because that she just drove from her house to the liquor store and back. That's all she Your did. Your mother didn't drink. I'm teasing. They know I'm teasing. <laughs> I'm teasing. And, of course, they know I'm teasing. No, but anyway. they don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they well, know. thanks a lot, Mark. Alrighty, I appreciate Dave. it. I, okay. I Alrighty. really appreciate it. Thank you. Y- you're welcome. You're welcome. Walter, you're up next. Uh, yes. What I wanted to find out, uh, I had my oil changed at a, at a big dealer. And a week later, my car ran out of oil because the filter backed off. Okay. Now, the light never came on, but when I checked the oil, it was totally empty. Okay. Has that damaged my engine? Well, it, it just, it just kind of depends. Um, this, let's pretend I'm the guy that did it, okay? And when yep. you say that the filter backed off, and how long had you driven it? Uh, about almost a week. Okay, that's not possible because if the filter backed off, it was loose at the beginning, and the oil pressure will overcome a loose filter, and you would have sprayed oil from the time you picked that up until a mile down the road when you ran out of oil. I think what might have happened, and this has happened to me, this has happened to my shop. I just bought a motor two years ago. The gasket, when you spin the filter off, the gasket comes loose of the filter and sticks up on the flange. You don't see that because this motor has never happened to you. So you screw the new filter on, but it's two gaskets now on the filter. 
so there's one on top and one on bottom. No matter how tight you, you tighten that, it's going to blow that loose gasket out. So this lady, we did that. This lady drove down. She got, I don't know, four, five, six blocks away. There's oil everywhere. So she knows something's wrong. The engine starts clattering. She pulls off the road. We go pick it up. We bring it back. Oh, my goodness. We had, we The technician, I took him out back. I whipped him with a big bull whip. And... And, but he still works for me, and because uh, we all make mistakes. And so what we did, and what needs to happen now is, is we put fresh oil in it. We get the filter situated, and then we you drive a thousand miles. As long as there's no engine noises and it idles smoothly, then you drive it for a thousand miles. I then, and this is what we did to that lady. Mm-hmm. I then um, took an oil sample and I sent it to the lab and I said I want all the metal content. Then she brought it back in two thousand miles. Now here's the deal: if the first sample had um, bronze in it of seven, and the second sample has bronze in it of seven thousand. <laughs> we got a problem. <laughs> we got something coming apart in that motor. But if the first one is seven, and the second one is seven, and the third one is seven, we're home free. But we test for brass, zinc, iron, um, stainless steel. There's all these metals inside the engine. So if one of them is gone, well, then we've got some metal to metal contact, then we'll find it in the oil sample. I did, I think, three oil samples to put her in, in into a comfort zone. Right. And she's happy, and I'm happy. And But not too long ago, we did the same thing, and the customer drove it a little further than we would. We followed the oil trail to their house, <laughs> man. <laughs> but I had to buy a, a motor for that one. So you, you need to take it back to them, and you can kind of dictate the terms. Put some oil in it, and let's see how it sounds. That's step one. Boom, we're done. Just do step one. If everything's okay, then you change my oil and filter and fix the filter problem. I'll go drive it. I want you to take an oil sample uh, at 1,000 and at 2,000 and at 3,000, and I want to make sure the oil sample shows no growth of any metal. Will you accept that responsibility? And more than likely, they will. Okay? Well, uh, what I did, I I had a toll tool. Okay. And uh, they weren't too happy about it. And uh, they changed the oil, cleaned it up, started up. It did make a slight amount of noise when it started, and then they ran it around, and it didn't hear any more noise, and they said, well, it's okay. But they didn't seem very happy. They said, well, insurance company has to cover it, and we got to have somebody look at it. And it looked like, you know, like you said, you take care of it. They didn't. This was a big chain company that does uh, tires and auto repair. Okay. I wasn't really happy with them. Okay, well, the, the evidence is gone so, no. you know, I, I wish you would have been out there and said, I want to watch you guys. I want to see what's wrong. But the evidence is gone. Now, in their defense, and I don't defend guys very often, but in their defense, mm-hmm. if it ran out of oil, when we start it back up, it's going to take a while for the lifters to pump up and for the clatter of the engine to go away. But it doesn't stop here. You can go ahead, and, and here's the deal. Either they take care of it, because they got a big deductible. So if they got a $5,000 deductible, it's cheaper for them to just put a motor in your car and not claim an insurance policy. But you have full coverage on your car, yes? No, yes? no, I've got 100,000 miles. No. Do you have full coverage insurance on yeah. your car? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You you have a, a part of your policy is called comprehensive, and that's damage to your car by others. 
So if the engine turns yeah. upside down in the next couple of weeks, you file a comprehensive claim and say they damaged my motor, they put you back together, then they turn around and subrogate, that's the word, they go back after the dealer for the money they spent to put you back together. So you, you, wow. we got plan A and plan B, but right now you need to go somewhere else and have them pull a sample at 1,000 miles, pull another sample at 1,000 miles. You can get on the Internet. You can find oil sample companies all over the world, and they'll send you a bottle, and you send it in, and they give you a full report. But you're interested in metal content. That's what you're really interested in is metal content. All right, yeah. I got to go, but good luck to you, Walter. Good luck to you. I hope everything turns out. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open, and Mark and Renee will be right back. Now you have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Automotive was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online directory. They're proud of their A-plus rating. Thunderbird Automotive has ASE certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Automotive offers a free courser inspection on every vehicle, the same one that some charge $49 for. They now offer a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have to stop in to Thunderbird Automotive at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird, just west of the 101. For more information, visit them online at ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird, just west of the 101. This is the Terminator. Listen to America's money ace of the airways, Victoria McVeigh, here at 960 The Patriot. She's smart, savvy, and a serial entrepreneur. So grab your wine, whiskey, or Perrier and come play with Victoria McVeigh on Sundays at 8 p.m. She'll have you saying hasta la vista, baby, to your financial dismay. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Okay, welcome back everybody. My name is Mark Salem, 46 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock, X 10 o'clock, never mind. 46 minutes after 10 o'clock. Action Auto Repairs at I-17 in Deer Valley. Tom owns Action Auto Repair. I've owned him since, gosh, the early 80s. He's been in business since 1983. He's really good. He knows right and wrong. He knows the difference between technicians BSing him and not BSing him. He knows about our industry. When I first met him, he was the representative for this big, big G's, this big box engine analyzer. And he could make that machine dance perhaps better than I could after years. 
I got pretty good with that machine, but he was better. He had a fundamental knowledge about cars, and so he knows who does and who doesn't as he hires people. So if you live anywhere near the area of Deer Valley and I-17, the northwest corner, places called Action Auto Repair, I would suggest you go in, have an oil change, and see how you like them. Let's go back to the phones real quick and pick up. We've got a callers, um, and i got to get their name real quick. And do you have any idea where that might be? Oh, right here, Ron. <laughs> Good morning, Ron. What can I do for you? Yes, Mark. Uh, I've got a 52 Oldsmobile that's been restored, and my gas gauge is out. How do I decipher if it's the gauge or the sending unit? Oh, well, you go back to the uh, gas tank and you find out which wire is the sender, and um, you cut the wire, (laughs) and and then you take the... Okay, I I have. I've cut the wire. Go ahead. Then it's going to either, when you ground that wire with the key on, and when you ground the wire, it'll either swing to full, and then when you let go of the wire, it'll go to empty. Or the other way around. When you ground it, it'll go to empty, and then when you let go of the wire, it'll go to full. That's how you tell. I, I, I the wire I cut, I ground that. Yes, yes. If you okay. if that's the gauge wire and it's color coded yeah. and all that stuff, then you're going to turn the key on and the wire that goes forward, okay, the end of the wire that goes to the gauge, that's okay. the one we're gonna we're gonna ground, and okay. it's going to swing one way and then you let go of it and it's going to swing the other way. That means the gauge is good. Okay. Okay, good enough. Thank you very much. I uh, appreciate it. You're welcome, Ron. You're welcome. Tony, you're up next. How can I help you, Tony? Hey there, Mark. Renee, good talking with you again. Don't say that about Renee, but go ahead. <laughs> she, she's, she's been yelling at me all morning long. That's I right. want you to feel sorry for me, too. <laughs> well, hey, I'll let you deal with that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> go ahead. Hey, uh, I've got a 2002 Ford Windstar. And uh motor's been rebuilt. Okay. I've got about maybe fifteen, sixteen thousand miles on the engine. When I'm going down the road, it'll start the the engine light comes on and starts okay. flashing. And then it starts knocking and slowing down. Okay. Then after a little bit of you know, about thirty seconds, it kicks back on. You know, to where it's like running normal again. Okay. I went in. I tried to take it to a, a shop, and uh, it showed like EGR valve, you know, codes, stuff like that, misfires, things like that. And they said they're going to have to take uh, compression tests of the cylinders and things like that. I mean, is that something they have to do, or is this just like sensors and solenoids or whatever? Neither option is what we do. Um, first of all, we go out and drive it and duplicate it. The flashing engine light typically means it's got a misfire. If it runs out of power, then we're going to look at fuel pressure. So we take it back to the garage, hook up the fuel pressure gauge to it, and go take it out again and see if that loss of power goes away or if it's still there. And if it goes from 50 pounds to 10 pounds, then we know we got a fuel pressure problem. Um, and if sometimes it idles fine and it's nice and smooth, then I wouldn't be doing a compression test. That would be, I think that would be, but I would plug in a scanner and I'd go drive it and I'd be watching some of the things. I'd watch the knock sensor and I might take a hammer when it's run, when it, when it's sitting still, I open up the hood and I'm watching the knock sensor and I take a hammer and hit the alternator bracket and it should go to, to a number that tells me, oh, I saw the engine knocking. Well, no, you didn't see the engine knocking. I'm faking you out. 
And then I'd plug in a scanner and I'd go drive it. And all of a sudden, all hell's going to break loose, but I'm going to be able to see the serial stream data, which is all the communication, traffic to, traffic from. And I can plug into every single one of those traffic lanes and see what's going on. So if I've got a misfire, maybe if I've got a misfire, I can figure out which cylinder it is. But a lot of times, that becomes a manual operation. So, no, I don't agree that the compression test is, is the first place to go. Does this shop predominantly work on cars? 90% of its stuff is working on cars. Or is it a transmission shop that converted itself to an auto repair? Or, you know, an oil change shop that's giving you this stuff? I, I would stick with a general repair shop. You know, a chain store, a general repair, an independent general repair. Um, that's That's what I would stick with. And, right, and I'll you, tell sir. you this, most of the time in that particular case, and you and you claim multiple codes, one of the first things I do is disconnect the EGR valve and plug it, if that's got an EGR code, and I plug it and go drive it and see if the problem was still there. Another thing is, is that I let open up the EGR valve, and if it stalls or almost stalls, then I know the passageway is clean. So those are the kinds of tests we run. What part of town do you live in? North Phoenix. Uh, I know, but give me northwest or northeast or something like that. 40th Street, Union Hills. 40th Street and Union Hills? What What's what about Blackwell there at 40th Street and Greenway? You could try him. I, I can tell you for sure Tom could find and fix this. I think your diagnostic charge is somewhere between 70 and $150. just depends. So if you wanted my advice, Blackwell Automotive, 40th and Greenway, he's an old gray-haired guy, although he's a little bit bald. He, the, the rest of his hairs are gray. And uh, he's a friend of mine, and, and I'm, he's a very good technician. So that's where I would take it. Tony, thank you very much. Eddie, are you there? I'm here. Okay. Eddie works for me. Eddie's, how long have you been working for me? 30 uh, years Two months will month. be 30 years. Yep. Yep. You know, he's been with us nine years shorter than we've been married. I know. <laughs> no, shorter than we've been in business. Oh, in business. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. 39 years in business. Okay. Eddie, the guy brings you a Ford pickup truck, and what does he tell you briefly? Which are the one where it wouldn't, he turns the key off and it won't shut off? Is that the y- one you're talking about? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I'm sorry. I should have, I should have yeah, put that out Yeah, he works on thousands of Fords. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he has job security. <laughs> oh, let me fix it up. He brings this newer model Ford truck in, and you're sitting in the cab, and he demonstrates to you that he shuts the key off, he puts the key in his pocket, and the motor still runs. And then Correct. the ghost comes into the car and and then as soon as he grabs the door handle and he opens the door the engine dies and so there's boogeymen and ghosts in that truck is that pretty close that's part of it yeah there are a lot of different issues with that truck he had one where the key fob wouldn't work anymore um so i had to reprogram the key fob to get it to work to lock and unlock doors okay the key fob is the button that unlocks and unlocks the doors go ahead right yeah, so this is a 2010 Ford Platinum F-150. Okay. And it also had the powered uh, steps that when you open the door, the step would extend, and you close the door, and the step would retract. And he said that uh, sometimes when he was driving it, he could hear his driver's door, his driver's step extend, you know, like I but said, I never got that to happen. I know, but the ghost, but the, the ghost. The deal, well, the deal with the key was, on the ignition switch, there's oh, three three terminals that are powered up when the key is in the on position. 
So I was checking them to see if I had something that was backfeeding when the key was off that was keeping the engine running. Because on most cars nowadays, if you shut the key off, your radio will still play. You, you can still work the windows normally for up to about seven minutes or until you open the door. And Ford used to call it, it was called the wrap mods, the retained accessory power. So it appeared that something was backfeeding through that circuit on the on the wrap circuit. So once you open the door, it would kill the engine. Okay, now stop, stop, so, stop, stop. Okay, in, in layman's terms, he has now identified the ignition switch, and he has a wiring diagram, and he knows what's coming in and going out. Okay. When he talks about backfeeding, okay, you have a light switch that goes on and off, and it takes one of two wires and it interrupts those wires. So he says, I've got a circuit that's not supposed to be grounded at this time, or I've got a circuit that should not have power at this time, but it does. So that's called a backfeed. We're doing something to change that circuit, so we're providing the grounder power to it. So he's underneath the dash, his whole body. He's checking the terminals on the ignition switch, which is not where the key goes. Okay, And he's doing all of this to try to determine why we have power or ground to one of these circuits that keeps the motor running. All right, that's kind of the simplest. If I can get it by Renee, I can get it by anybody. <laughs> oh, Go ahead, funny. Eddie. Go ahead, Eddie. <laughs> so... I'm back proving the terminals on the ignition switch with with a test light. So I've got one lead to ground, and if my test light hits power, it lights up the light bulb. Right. Well, as soon as I touch ignition one, and I've got I've got the door open, but I've got the door latched, so so I can have access to the vehicle. But it's the vehicle still thinks the door is shut. I understand. As soon as I touch the, uh, I think it was a yellow pink wire, my test light didn't light up, but the engine shut off. And I still had the radio playing, just like I had turned the key off, but I had not opened the door. Okay, now stop for so, a minute. So of those three power leads that have 12 volts, let's call them one, two, and three. On the one, you're working on number one that you described as a yellow. That's correct. Okay, all right. So you put your test light in there, which effectively changes that circuit. And when you shut the key off, then the radio still plays, but now you can... The, the, and the motor st- shuts off. That's what happens. The radio still plays, but right. the motor finally shuts off. Right. Okay. And so it was the load of my test light that made the engine shut off. So I went back to the wire diagrams. I'm looking at the ignition switch, and I'm trying to determine this terminal has power when it is in run and start. And I'm trying to figure out when you go to off, does the ignition switch ground this terminal? Right. It and should really be grounded. figure that out. Right. But here is the weirdest thing. So I put an ignition switch in it. I'm just, I just un- unbolted the other one, put the new one in there, and put my the connector back on it. It worked fine for a half a dozen times. It worked perfectly. Okay. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird. So I got my digital volt ohmmeter, and I went from that wire to ground on the ohm scale to see, okay, if I shut this off, does it go to ground? The first time I did it, it went to 32 ohms, which was probably about twice the resistance of my test light. Okay, but you're getting too technical here. <laughs> you're getting too technical. Well, okay, you just found that this thing's supposed to ground. Now, I got a minute left, less than a minute left, so I'm going to put you on hold, and then we're going to finish this up. So basically, we're at the ignition switch, and we've identified the circuit that we're concerned with. And by artificially inseminating that circuit, we can actually make the engine shut off when the key goes off. 
So we're halfway there. When we come back, we'll be chapter two. Chapter two of the Ford F-150 Platinum that won't shut the engine off until you open the door. <laughs> 